1: <laughs> Rocking the cran raspberry this week. It's pretty delicious.
0: I have a monkey knot, which is an IPA with a picture of a monkey in a spacesuit on the label.
1: I like monkeys and monkey knots. Hi Hogarth.
0: It's brewed here in uh in Huntsville here in Alabama because it's like Rocket City where oh, yeah. the NASA stuff is. So they put a mo- they put one of the monkeys from the NASA program on it.
1: Nice space monkeys like from Fight Club. Uh, hmm? Yep, you are not a unique snowflake. <laughs> By the way, Shane, in case you were wondering. Wild, wild west. Jim West,
0: Desperado, Rough Rider, no you don't want nada, none of this, six gunning this, brother running this, Buffalo no soldier, look it's like I told ya, any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meet Jim West, Rough Neck, so go check the law on the vibe watch your step flex and get a hold on your side, swallow your pride, don't let your lip react, you don't wanna see my hand, where my hip be at, with Artemis, from the start of it, running the game, James West, Taming the West, so remember the name, now who you gonna call, that's a G.B now who you going call G-W-E-G. if you ever rip with you want a bus break out before you get bum rushed
1: welcome to the west world effect brought to you by the baltic effect my name is Sadie that guy's name is Shane yep we are talking about the HBO series Westworld that just started a couple weeks ago, and we know we're like, late on the jump, but we didn't know how much we would love it till we watched it, and then we loved it. And we only like talking about shows that we love. It's true, and, and under the dome. <laughs> Shane, that's it. I'm hanging up. We do not talk <laughs> about the show that shall not be named talk about it. But um it. Shane and I were previously doing a show called Sadie and Shane's Super Happy Fun Time Fall Fiesta and we sort of went on that. But at the end of our talking about Westworld <laughs> tonight, we are going to do sort of a mini Sadie and Shane's Super Happy Fun Time Fall Fiesta in which we will talk about other things that we're watching this fall, doing this fall. It can be movies, it can be TV, it can be zombie walks, it can be pumpkin patches. So, Basically,
0: I have no ability not to talk about stuff that I enjoy, especially TV shows. So. It's
1: true. Me too. Uh, I just want to start with uh, that I just had Movie Day Part 2 at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we finished Godfather the First, and then we started Godfather 2, and Michelle bought us all meatball subs, including her Her husband came. He's a vegetarian, so he ate something else. And um, But she bought subs, I bet he had oranges. <laughs> just oranges. Yep. Oranges on a bun. <laughs> and uh, and my husband came by too And we drank some red wine And we had meatball subs And watched Godfather And that was super fun Nice Yeah and it's now 4 o'clock And I've already drunk A quarter of a bottle of wine Or half a bottle of wine So <laughs> Woohoo So Westworld
0: Based on a movie Which I had not seen
1: I I haven't still seen it Have you seen it?
0: No, still have not.
1: Yeah, okay. we should watch that. We should make that a homework. You know, one thing
0: that I learned from reading about the movie, though, is that apparently in the movie, there is not just Westworld. Yeah, there's like is, Roman like, world. Future World and uh, Medieval World, and I hope that the show eventually gets to those, too. Yeah? Yeah, okay. I'd love to see that. Right.
1: I think like, that'd be cool.
0: If they did one season in each setting, that'd be cool.
1: That would be, but then it wouldn't be Westworld, would it?
0: They could still call it that. The movie was still called that.
1: That's true. That's true. So just a, a blind theory, having not seen the first one, but having seen Yule Brenner in his outfit, I feel like the Yule Brenner character in the movie is somehow related to the Ed Harris character in the show. Uh, sure. I don't know. I have no idea why. I just feel it. <laughs> I have feelings. Um, Aww. so this is a funny thing I wrote down. The first thing I wrote down in my notes was I haven't been so intrigued by a show since Jamie pushed Bran out the window. Nice. Spoiler alert for the first five minutes of the first episode of, course, of Game of Thrones. The first
0: time that I saw Jamie push Bran out the window, I had no idea who any of those people were and what they were called and what their relationship with each other was. But uh, but yeah, I did I did
1: know that they were brother and sister and they were fucking and then they pushed a kid out the window.
0: <laughs> well, I think that uh, this show is HBO's attempt to have their next uh, big huge sci-fi epic thing that everybody's going to talk about they they want a replacement because game of thrones has two seasons left but Uh they're short seasons and they're going to be done with sooner rather than later and And i think they want this show to step up and be the water cooler show
1: and i think uh game of thrones is pushing back till like summer of next year or something fucked up like that
0: yeah well basically now that winter has come they have to film in the winter instead of filming in the Ah. summer yeah so they had to push back So, So, but Westworld, if the listener is not familiar... Oh, go ahead.
1: My point was, that was the first thing I wrote down in my notes, and then I started reading an um, Entertainment Weekly recap, and he said, "Um, the first episode is is the most dense packing of characters, storylines, and mysteries that I've seen on TV since Game of Thrones pilot five years ago. And I was like, fuck you, Entertainment Weekly's stealing my line. You are in tune with Entertainment Weekly. (laughs) I have been a subscriber for 20 years. (laughs) <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. Do you want to do a little snippet of what well, this is about? Yeah, well? I
0: was just going to say for the listener, in case you're not familiar with Westworld and you're some, for some reason <laughs> listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> which would th- be the weird, is but... it's, it's set in the future, and we have developed robots that are just so completely human as to be indistinguishable from human. And instead of using these robots to, you know, build houses or explore the ocean we are using them as theme park attractions and so there is a theme park called Westworld that super duper rich people get to go to and it's like going back to the old west
1: $40,000 a day
0: and you can fuck who you want and you can shoot who you want and you can scalp who you want yeah Yep. All right, and so- uh, that's the premise of the show
1: Indeed. So I think instead of – I mean we could like do kind of a little bit of recapping along the way but maybe just talk about the – Some over, of the
0: characters of the plot lines. The
1: characters and the questions. The questions yes. of like – So many questions. Like, we don't have to talk about all these right now, but I wrote this, like, big chunk down. When does one become real? Do they automatically reset or do the overlords do it? What if they were just left to their own devices? Would they break down? Do they need to be oiled? What's with the milk stuff? Does that repair (laughs) them or is it just used to make new ones? How do bullets work?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of questions. One of the biggest questions, they showed in the first episode that if a... Uh, If a a robot, a host, which is what... The robots are called hosts, and the people, the humans are called guests. If a host But then the the
1: hosts call the the guests newcomers.
0: Yes. If a host is shot by a guest, or slashed through the throat, or whatever, they die, realistically. Mm -hmm. But if a host shoots at a guest, nothing happens. Because obviously you can't pay $40,000 and then get killed. So... I want to know, and much of what people online are talking about is how does that work, and also, if you can't distinguish if you go into this park and you can't tell who is another guest and who is a host
1: how what happens if you shoot
0: somebody and it's another guest?
1: indeed, so here's one of my main questions have Has there been a moment where we as viewers are sure that there are two guests? Who don't know each other at the same time? At the same time, is there some sort of breaking up of of, of guests and and hosts? Because that would be weird. I mean, they could just punch each other, even not not just shoot, but punch each other. And well, you have things like the train
0: ride in, which Uh is largely guests, although there's some hosts there. Uh But there's also well, you'd have to think if it's daytime and. You're at the brothel or you're at the saloon or whatever. huh. You can't, it's not like if I go and I spend all day at the brothel, it's not like somebody somewhere is telling other guests, Well, guess you're not allowed to go to the brothel. That dude's there all day. Uh huh. You know, so people are, they have to be in the same vicinity as each other, is what I'm saying.
1: Yes, I think so too. But so, yeah, what, what, how do you know is, I, I think that's a giant question. That, that may that they be something that
0: they address later. But I hope so. There's got to be some safeguard in place, you know.
1: So, about the bullets, what I did read um, was that it's not, um, that the bullets react differently depending on what they hit.
0: And- I think I read somewhere that uh, to a, you know, and this may explain my previous question, but. I think I read somewhere that to a guest, it might be like a sting, like a uh, like BB a paint, gun or something. a paintball, yeah. A paintball yes. it was what it would feel like. But the hosts are programmed to explode or whatever when mm-hmm. it happens.
1: So do you think that the milk stuff, back to my milk question, when they're floating those people around in milk, is that the original making of them or is that how they repair like the holes in them? Because when they've decommissioned ones who've been shot up, they look perfect again when they're all naked.
0: Mm-hmm. I imagine it's both. Um, I think just... that it, it looks like – we get a little bit of a view of the assembly of the host. and uh-huh. It looks like there's machines that mechanically build bones and tendons and whatnot, uh-huh. but then they're bathed in that milky substance, which uh-huh. I imagine probably forms their skin or something. And uh-huh. so if they have damage to their skin or whatever, then they can put them in there and it might fix them, uh-huh. fill in but, the gaps. I don't but know. Then, but then do you have Maybe to a do –
1: then do you have to do all of that, like, you know, finish work on their faces to make it look like Thandie Newton again or whatever? Mm, so I, fa- I found this in my in my notes. I found it. Uh, it's not my notes. It's the article. Um, that Teddy shri- tries to shoot the MIB, the men in black, who is at, at mm-hmm. Harris, um, in the face and realizes he can't pull the trigger. The trigger because mm-hmm. hu- human headshots are forbidden.
0: Yeah. So. He can pull the trigger uh... – at a distance, and it just sort of uh, bounces off him or whatever, but when yeah. it gets straight up to his head, I suppose even a paintball would kill you there, so yeah, you aren't, like, yeah, you can't they aren't him. mentally allowed to pull that trigger. And then Now it that says, said, I, I bet you by the end of the season we get a, a host killing a guest.
1: Yes. Yeah, because they said also that there hasn't been any sort of uh, like a major incident in 30 years. And what was mm-hmm. that major incident? Was that the Yule Brenner incident? I don't know because we don't know um, the exact years of this.
0: And then you've got the uh, – some of the hosts that might be starting to – like they do software updates on these people. And so you know how you get a software update on your phone and then suddenly one app might start acting up a little bit? Mm-hmm. So these hosts, they've got these so- this new software update just came out and all of a sudden – some of them might be reverting to some of their previous personalities because they program them in different ways to serve different functions in the park. Mm-hmm. So like the guy that is the main girl's dad, he's nice, caring, loving father, but he used to be evil. And mm-hmm. now maybe the evilness is starting to erupt back in his brain.
1: Mm-hmm. And here's another good question. Um and a lot of people I've heard talking about this have been equating it to video games like when mm-hmm. when you go into a video game into a room full of things. You're presented
0: with a lot of choices and that's yeah.
1: Where I'm going is is that those Sorry. guys those guys in the game, they haven't been doing stuff while you weren't there. they're, yeah. they're not hanging out. They don't talk, exist talking yeah. to each other and playing pianos and having drinks and stuff like that. And but at the same time what I equated it to is in movies. Like when you when you're making a movie and you've got this scene over here of this bar and there's a bunch of extras over there, the extras aren't over there having drinks and saying like peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots and talking <laughs> like talking to each other while the scene's not on them. But in Westworld, these people are. This girl gets up every morning, has this conversation with her dad, goes into town. There's no one around. Why does she do that? Well,
0: because there's it's such a big world and there's so many guests in it. Mm-hmm. Somebody could wander up at 8 in the morning to their farm. You it's know? true. So, could like, they not have some kind of the, sensor
1: that only makes them wake up and do things if a guest is within a quarter mile?
0: The You have parts of Westworld like, again, like the town, the saloon, the brothel. These are going to be busy areas those robots are going to have to be going all the time anyway, 24 hours a day, just because there's always going to be somebody around. Mm -hmm. So if you have those robots that have to be going 24 hours a day, why not just make all of them have to be going 24 hours a day because it's easier.
1: Mm -hmm. But then they did say this week when Bernard was asking about that, and was it Bernard? And he was saying that it helps them learn how to be more human, to interact with each other and talk to each other. Yeah. But then if they're interacting and talking with each other, Aren't they just learning to be more like robots?
0: (laughs) Well, I think that they might pick up stuff from the guests. Say that a daughter is out there painting by the river and a family walks up and she talks to them. That might impact her programming a little bit, a tiny, Uh tiny bit. And then when she goes back home, she has a conversation with her dad. And somehow that might impact him a tiny, tiny little bit.
1: But then the next day they reset.
0: They reset their memories. But I think that things like personality get carried over. Okay. So something that affected their personality might still get carried over.
1: Good. Okay. Question the next because I have like a thousand questions. Oh, yeah, dude. It's um, cool. Um, so I don't think it's every day because they said at one point that each like story loop lasts mm-hmm. like a week or something. And I also know that the longest you can stay in the park is a month.
0: Oh, uh, so found oh, that
1: out. So, yeah. I, I didn't go today because I was busy doing movie day. Um, but there's a westworld.com where you can actually go, pretend that you're going to be a guest there, fill out a form, oh, okay. answer questions. It will like give you the terms of service and everything. So maybe for next week we well, to Well, that makes me
0: wonder how long that. the man in black has been in there because he said he's been going there for the last 30 years.
1: And he says he's not but leaving how long this time.
0: Has he been in- yeah, he wants to find the secret uh, inner workings of it and all.
1: Yeah, so is he just looking for, does he want to just get down into...
0: I think he wants the cheat codes.
1: (laughs) I think he does Like I think
0: he wants to, you know, there's people, when you play uh, Skyrim, it's this medieval video game where there's dragons and stuff. There's people that have gone in there, rewritten the code, so that when they play Skyrim instead of dragons, there's Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) <laughs> I think maybe he's a modder. Maybe he wants to get into the works and change it to be more suitable to him or something. I don't know.
1: Maybe that's true. And it's like that thing in um, in Minecraft, uh, Herobrine, who's like not – he's not a Minecraft thing at all. But people have put him in and it's this scary thing that people are afraid of. Milo was just terrified like of – Slenderman? Yeah, sort of. But it was weird because Milo called him Herobrine for the longest time and I looked it up and I'm like, dude, it's actually Herobrine. <laughs> and being oh. the terrible, terrible but awesome mom that I am, I made like a little Herobrine face and I put it in the window outside of the bath.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> so he got in one night and I was looking in the window because <laughs> I'm the worst. Poor Milo. No, he he, he loves me. He watched um, Six Sense the other day. So here we are veering oh, into other he things. Did figure it out? He did not and he loved it. He, he, <laughs> like he like jumped up off the couch and he's like, wait, sorry, spoiler alert for six, six cents 30 seconds if you haven't seen it. okay um, he jumped up off the couch and goes, he's dead. That's so awesome.
0: <laughs> he
1: loved it. And I'm like, yeah, if you like go back and watch the whole thing, you'll notice he's wearing the same clothes the whole time and that no one actually talks to him, even though it kind of looks like he's interacting with people sometimes. He loved it. It was great.
0: Awesome.
1: So I found this thing in my notes, not my notes, the article again, about the rev <laughs> about the reveries. It's an interview with um the creators of the show, the showrunners. Mm-hmm. So here's a simple way to think about the reveries and how the host's memories are constructed. Imagine the hosts are like a document you're writing on your computer. As you make changes, every so often the document is saved to its latest version. But all the old versions of the document are still on your hard drive. You don't see them, and they are tough to access, but they exist. Westworld's hosts are the same way. They only see their current version, but there are earlier drafts that still exist. In the case of Dolores, potentially up to 30 years of drafts. And Dr. Ford added reveries to the latest update to Bring out realistic new gestures that are somehow influenced by the host's earlier experiences that they don't consciously even realize exists. So,
0: that is a great summation. Yeah, I was in my head. I was thinking of an idea like a videotape, when you would uh, tape something off the TV, and then you would tape over that tape, uh-huh. and then you would tape over it and tape over it, and eventually it degrades. But uh, that's uh, a much better explanation that you just read.
1: Yeah. That somehow things are there. And like I've had tapes that I've like rewound back to the beginning and then started recording. But there like is like a split second of a thing that was there mm-hmm. beforehand. It just doesn't record it with that one little split second. Like mm-hmm. these little things. So they can dip into those. But then, so past reveries, we get these horrible dreams that some of them are having now. Which is
0: yeah, uh, very the terrible. brothel running woman. Maeve. Uh, thank you, Maeve she has these memories that she can't explain of violence happening in her past. And uh, then she has to go back to being the friendly brothel lady, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And then in the end, they like realize that, no, there's something wrong with her. Let's switch up that other chick, whose name is Clementine Pennyfeather, <laughs> which is literally the best name I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> I like the, um, and we've talked about this a, a little bit, but I like the when they show us kind of how these like the actual process of how things are happening mm-hmm. and like with Maeve in episode two it focuses on her a little bit and they there's like one part one um group in the company that is like ah, oh, well she's been around for 30 years and maybe nobody likes her anymore and nobody's wanting to sleep with her anymore we're gonna get rid of her and decommission her and then there's another group that's like no we're just gonna tweak her personality and make her a little bit more aggressive or whatever And I love that. I love seeing, you know, that they can make these little changes and then the actor playing her has Mm -hmm. to adjust her performance. And she tells
1: the exact same story.
0: But with with a different inflection.
1: But but with 20% more aggression. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, yeah, it was amazing. And then she was telling it to that woman, and she, like, literally pulled a Trump on that woman. <laughs> Which is so funny, because I'm sure that they filmed this long before this whole Trump debacle, but she just, like, grabbed her pussy. <laughs> it was just like, wow, wow, look at you go, girl. But, um,
0: well, it was just brothel room talk.
1: It was just brothel room talk. What I like, though, is that the, the, um, I kinda of want to call them the showrunners, the people who are like coming mm-hmm. up with the stories. Like yeah. they're they're like bumper aggression twenty percent. And the other lady's like bumper emotional acuity one point seven percent. These I guys love... are much more delicate. The programmers are much more delicate with their creations.
0: Yeah, I love that we see the different divisions. There's the guy mm. that actually writes the storylines of what's gonna happen. And then there's You mean the, guy Lee, that... the dick? Yeah, sure. I don't know anybody's names. Okay. And then there's the guy that is doing the programming, and then there's the people that physically sculpt these faces and whatnot, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that we're seeing how the place runs. Uh, You spend almost as much time outside of Westworld as you spend in it, Mm because they're following these characters that are actually running things. And then there's uh, the reclusive, well, not reclusive, but the the guy that actually founded Westworld, and he's still working on projects and stuff.
1: I mean, can we just acknowledge the fact that Anthony Hopkins is on fucking television,
0: and doing great.
1: Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris. Both hey, of them. it's not
0: it's not television. It's HBO.
1: Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I completely forgot <laughs> that I was watching it on my television. But somehow it was HBO. That's right. I remember now. Oh, also a Hemsworth. Happy, oh,
0: who's uh, the Hemsworth?
1: Um, Ashley Stubbs. He's uh the um. The guy, he's kind of the meaner guy in the creation world. Um, oh, okay, he, yeah. He looks like a Hemsworth. Not, He's not quite Liam and not quite the other one, Chris, <laughs> but he's but he's, he's good looking. So he's, he's the older brother of Chris and Liam. That's what it is. Chris oh, and Liam. Um,
0: the other thing that I was going to point out uh, as far as like the behind the scenes of how it all works, I love that in episode two, we get this extended sequence of a dude entering Westworld for the first time. Yeah. And he goes in and there's like, how do you you choose your outfit? And You choose do you want to be good or bad? A white hat or a black hat? Mm -hmm. And there's a host that is there for that purpose. Like She walks him through the process and says, it's very much like a video game. When I play a video game, if it's one that is very customizable, you can go in there and you can select, okay, I want to look like this and I want to have this gear and I want to do this and this and the whole and, yeah, experience and are you I mean, are for you, 40 grand a day it better be but the whole are you experience evil is or good or neutral
1: yeah mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff yeah
0: and then you go in and it's like like Skyrim or Grand Theft Auto or something you can go on a the plot that you want to go on but you're also constantly meeting these NPCs these uh, non-player characters that are saying hey we're forming a posse to go in the hills and go find this guy or uh, hey, we're going uh, over here to do this thing, or hey, can you help me find my lost pony? I don't know. Exactly. But there's opportunities to go on quests, essentially. And his friend, the the guy that shows the black hat, is telling him, look, these people are all going to approach you and try to get you to go on their quest. Don't do it. We're doing this other thing. you know." Uh-huh. But it's very, very uh, video game-like.
1: It is. It is. And I'm not a gamer at all, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing that and I'm hearing other people talk about it. But I'm also feeling like it's a lot – it's a lot just like going to the movies. It's like any other kind of thing that has characters and mm-hmm. even – so the, the other big – like. But over- if you're
0: – sorry. If you're oh. watching a movie and something happens and some, some background character walks by carrying a, a load of balloons, well, that happens and that's over with. But in a video game or in Westworld – you can walk up to that person, and they might have a story, and they might have something that you need to do. You know, there's so many options. It's such a huge world.
1: Indeed, but sort of there's that that concept where everyone in the world is the hero of their own movie. You know, yes. so if you think of like every character in Westworld or every character in a movie, the guy carrying the balloons, for example, what if the movie took a turn and went over and started talking to that guy? Then mm-hmm. what if that guy ends up? He's maybe he's the star of the movie, and you don't know because he's the star of his own movie. And so, yeah, I like the fact that everyone in this show, every of all of the bots, the hosts, could be—they're the hero of their own movie, and they just—they want to do their movie. They want to do their little story. They really, 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 really do. <laughs> and like, they want like find you, like let's go do this thing. It's what I'm made to do. Come on, let's go do it. Damn! If all they right. get
0: really insistent <laughs> and come over to your table and start harassing you, then well, you then should you just stab, stab, stab their hand.
1: Yeah. Yep, you should go all – it wasn't Requiem for a Dream. It was the other one. No, it was Requiem for a Dream where she, she... – I just thought of something. What would you think of, Shane?
0: Okay, so these characters reset overnight, but I think guests they overset- are allowed to stay I for up reset-
1: a I think they reset at the end of their story arc.
0: Okay, because I was thinking if I come into town and I meet uh, – what's her name? Dolores or Darlene oh, or whatever. Dolores. And – Dolores, okay. And I meet her the day that I come into the park and – we're like, oh, hey, yeah, this is awesome. We should go tomorrow and go do this thing. And then I find her tomorrow and she's reset. Well, you know, she's not going to remember me.
1: Yes. Yeah, this is one of my major questions about the thing. Is is it a nightly reset or is it an arc reset? And her arc mostly is she's – okay, okay. I think I'm just figuring it out actually. Okay. okay. So there are characters like her and Teddy. Teddy's mm-hmm. arc is to ride in with the train and – We'll get to this in a sec. So ride in with the train, meet her, say, hey, yeah, you came back. Yay. Cool. I love you. Let's go back to your house. Oh, your parents are dead. Sad. Oh, that guy's going to rape you. Reset. Mm-hmm. That's their whole thing unless unless people approach them. So I okay. think – I think
0: if So if you start a storyline with them, then they won't reset.
1: Yes. I think if William and her made a plan to see each other tomorrow, that she would stay in that storyline. Okay. I think that's Well, what it, oh, because, another Because, yeah, because it, that would be fucked up for William if the next day he runs into her, and it's... I guess we'll find out next week. And also, William slash Poyle.
0: Yeah. So funny. So that, Shane, For some reason, he reminded me... I don't know if he was in Lost, I think or, he was. Yeah, he reminded me of one of the others from Lost.
1: I think... It was either him, or it was that guy... God
0: damn it. I think it. it was Tom Cruise's cousin, my poser.
1: <laughs> yes! Well, no, he was in, he was definitely on Lost,
0: mm-hmm.
1: William Mapother, but then there's another guy on Lost, too. But I kind of feel like this guy was, too. Oh, no, there's that other guy has a weird name. <laughs> oh, also looks really weird. McQuail, McQuayle? I think is his last name? Sure. I'm not sure. Anyway, so Shane texted me, who is that <laughs> guy who's the POV on this episode? Was he on Lost? And I said, I think so, but he's also McPoyle. And he's like, holy shit! So he is. Of course, he's McPoyle,
0: but he's not in a bathrobe, you know. But,
1: but what's funny is molesting
0: those... his sister, so I didn't recognize him.
1: But there are those milk milk bottle bandits. He should totally hook up with them.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I was thinking about him, and I was thinking about his storyline. And there's another thing that um, another hit, This is how this world works. Thing, which is they explain in his episode where the park is divided into different sections, uh-huh. and isn't it like it gets more. Uh, gory the further you go out yeah I'm like more so you intense you be in town and stay in town if that's what you want and if you have kids you should stay there but if you're an adult and you want to go murder people then you can go out to another section of the park
1: however what's to stop but people
0: get murdered in town
1: what's to stop any other guest from just like taking some whore out on the street and raping her in front of my son
0: um, this maybe is... they have to sign, like, a $10 million contract or something that they'll get sued. Or You know, they, Westworld will, you know, own them if they do that. I don't know.
1: But, yeah, so, I'm just, there that's, might be that's some the sort of You know, with... you go
0: to an exclusive resort, and you go to the swimming pool, and they expect you to keep your trunks on. Uh-huh. Might be that sort of thing, where, you know, if you exhibit behavior that is not in whatever, you know, but that one the guy way Westworld said... wants you to behave...
1: I guess but and that one guy it. said that he he came with his kids and did the whole G-rated version and then he came mm-hmm. back next time and did straight evil. Where Well there's
0: the um there's the one part where that family approaches what's her name by the river uh-huh. and they say something about we're not going to cross the river because we have our kid with us like I feel oh. like that was one of the dividing lines.
1: But the whorehouse is right there in Sweetwater. I guess no one is yeah, fucking in the, in the I guess if lobby. you were
0: in the actual old West, you probably would not be bringing kids to the whorehouse, right?
1: But it's the saloon. Not until I they're guess, like twelve, at least. I guess you can't bring kids to the saloon. I suppose. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I went to a resort in uh, in Grenada when I went there to work with Chris, and it was no no one under sixteen allowed. It's like, damn, it was it was pretty cool. Well, then you get to do all the cool adult stuff. It was. But then we went, we ran into these, this family on the beach, this British family, and the son was 16 and the daughter was 18 and the daughter was going topless and the son just flipped the fuck out. And he's like, what are you doing? It's like, it's okay <laughs> here. I don't want to see that. Well, then go inside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the mature that's, answer.
1: Yep. And then go inside. Yep. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. I love this show. Oh. <laughs> My kid just got home. He's oh, hey Milo! Knocking on the front door when the back door is open, and he also has a key. So hopefully, he'll figure that out. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Well, tell me oh. if we need
0: to pause or something.
1: Oh, so I'm, I'm gonna in a second. So I like when um, when they approached Dolores by the river, and the kid hmm. said, "Are you real?" So this is a good thing when people mention this to them, they just sort of go blank for a second. Mm-hmm.
0: And they and, don't say anything. And then, like when, uh, and then they just move her- on. When her dad finds that photo of a woman in New York City and is like, what is this? And she's like, doesn't look like anything to me.
1: It doesn't look like anything. Doesn't look
0: like anything to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It doesn't look like anything to me. Like she looks at it and I think it's just nothing. It blanks it out. She has no idea what that could possibly be. It's bizarre. I loved that though. That looks like – and he though has some sort of frame of reference to like – to wonder – what well, is, something's what going is, on
0: the Fritz in his head.
1: What is that behind her? Like, where is she? What? What? Why does she look like that? What's she wearing?
0: What is <laughs> a photograph?
1: What is a photograph? <laughs> hi, Milo. Hi. hi, Milo. Do you want to come say hi to Shane? Sure. I'm going to put the headphones on Milo so you can say hi. Awesome. <laughs> hi, Shane.
0: Hey. hey, Milo. You doing all right?
1: Yeah. Are you? Cool, cool.
0: I'm great. Sitting here talking to your mom about Westworld.
1: Nice. I know nothing yeah. about that show.
0: That's you know good. I told you.
1: What? What?
0: I said it's good because you're a kid and it's not a kid-friendly show.
1: Uh yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, well, cool.
1: Well, see you later.
0: Alright, I'll see you in January, hopefully.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Alright, Bye. <laughs> Hi. This podcast with special guest star.
1: I know, yeah, he's shown up before. On yeah, all the effect people know who Milo is. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, can I just remembered something else? Okay, and then I want to take a little break if you don't mind. Okay. Just like five minutes. Um,
0: which is that they have player pianos playing (gasps) modern music, which is awesome.
1: Yes, y'all should watch out for what's what I'm going to play at the end of this podcast.
0: Okay. Well, I won't say what they play on the show then, in case it's a spoiler. But no, uh, no. But yeah, this week (laughs) the first happy first week was black
1: hole. First week was black hole sun. Yeah. And second episode was um, shit. uh, It's a Radiohead song. Mm um, It was No Surprises by Radiohead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was... You know, that's no surprise. Yes. And what's cool is there's actually um, a composer, piano composer named Christopher O'Reilly, who has done two albums of Radiohead songs just on piano. Awesome. And they are beautiful. (laughs) Oh, man. There's some
0: uh, YouTube channel that keeps releasing piano covers of movie themes and TV themes. Oh, cool. They did like a... uh, Game of Thrones one and a uh, Superman one, stuff like that. Nice. Really cool,
1: yeah. Yeah, my little last night, I was playing the Christopher O'Reilly, and he's like, is this Radiohead? And I said, yes. And then he said, my teacher the other day was playing some weird, like, French David Bowie? And I'm like, no, it's the, from Life That's Aquatic. Portuguese. Yeah, Yes, so I'm like, it's the Life Aquatic. He's like, oh, yeah. So we listen to That's that. That's Sal and Jorge. Like, yeah, is that how you pronounce it?
0: I think so. I don't I, know. I
1: always say Sue George.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I speak pretty good Spanish which is similar to Portuguese and in Spanish it would be pronounced Sal Jorge Sal so,
1: okay I like Sue George but yeah <laughs> but anyway so I, I started it for Milo and he's like yep that's what it was you should tell your teacher that you have seen Life Aquatic love Life Aquatic and your yeah. dad is also does a really good Life Aquatic
0: <laughs> I now have three favorite versions of Life on Mars <laughs> uh, oh. which is David Bowie and Sal Jorge and uh, Jessica American Lang War Story. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, it is my favorite song
0: of it is.
1: all time because it's about well, me. not
0: of all time, but it's my favorite David Bowie song.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah definitely. It, yeah, I love that song, and I love uh, "Space Saturday because it's the first, the last song I listened to in the last millennium, and the first song I listened to in this one.
0: You did that on purpose. I did.
1: <laughs> I was pulling up to the restaurant, finished listening to it, got in my car, listened to it again. I nice. did. So, so um, uh,
0: that's <laughs> that's. I think that's almost everything I had about uh, Westworld. Did you have some more stuff?
1: Um, oh, the boy when Anthony Hopkins goes into Westworld at the end. Is that boy real?
0: I don't know. And that's one of the great things about this show is that there's going to be characters that we're not sure about.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about how that one guy, his name is Lee, the story maker. He comes up with his giant thing, something at the Red River, mm-hmm. that thing. And he's just like... Nope, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Nope, don't no, don't think so. That's dumb. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins does not approve He does not approve. And then and one day I will learn these people's names. His name is Ford. Sure. And someone wrote into another podcast and brought up the fact that um, in Brave New World, they worship um, Henry Ford and their mm-hmm. dates all start with when the first Model T, rolled off the line. That's their system of dates. And his, like, acolyte or something is named Bernard. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. What do you think about her name is Teresa? The um, the other sort of main... Like the uh, manager? Yeah, the manager.
0: Uh, She seems cool. She's somebody that I feel like she is... She... She's in between levels. Like she's not uh, like the the programmers who are like, we're gonna make these people just perfect and it's gonna you know obsessed with it. But she's also not completely aloof either. Like she cares about Westworld, but she's not
1: you know. I don't also- know how
0: to put that.
1: Also, um, it's weird because I brought her up and my sister was like. Hate her, and I'm like me too. And then Liberty's like, I don't hate her. Liberty's like, I looked her up. Me too. She's like, because I have to find out why she's so terrible. Me too. And the thing is, she's Danish, and she's a very revered Danish actress. Oh, I hate the actress, and, and I'm I even sure. Hated the character. No, and I'm sure you are a wonderful actress in Danish. In English, you're very stilted, and I am not buying her as a human being. <laughs> Just,
0: hey, that could be a twist. Maybe it could she's be.
1: A host someone brought up that someone in in the production company maybe Bernard might actually be a robot it's possible and the fact that the two of them are having sex and she's and he's like you want to talk and she's like no we don't talk (laughs) so maybe one of them is is a robot because their only thing is like no no we just fuck no we don't do that okay so we can stop talking about this because we can there is so much to unpack and we will do it again next week Yes. I will, I'll have at least 56 more questions next week. Oh, I'm sure. And now that I know that we're doing this, I'll take notes. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I have. I just started writing shit down yesterday at work. I'm just like, oh, and this. Oh, and this. Oh, and this. Oh, at the beginning. One more thing. At the very beginning. Okay. Did you think that Teddy was the guest and Men in Black was the robot? Oh, absolutely. I completely fell for that. Yeah. And then switchy-do.
0: Of course – um, He's not Teddy. I mean, he's obviously Cyclops. That's the only thing that he ever is.
1: Oh, oh, that's him. Yeah. Okay, good call. And if you go back and watch it, knowing the rules, if she recognizes him, then you know that he's part of the game and that he's a robot.
0: Yeah, yeah, now that I know that, but I thought Uh maybe they remembered people that had visited before, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly, which they kind of should, but at the same time, maybe not. Okay, I think that's uh, – I do have one more thing. Okay, go do ahead. You, do you want to know anything about the guests outside of Westworld? Like, do you want to know mm, – Eventually. Um, okay. I'm Not wondering right now. I'm wondering whether that would be of any use to us to know what, like, Logan and William's relationship is outside of Westworld.
0: I don't know yet. Other than the Man in black, I don't know how many of these guests are going to be in every episode. Mm-hmm. So far, The Man in Black is the only recurring guest.
1: Yeah. I know that William's so, going to be on again next week.
0: Okay. Well, I didn't know that. All so right, I was going to say, I, I would not be surprised if we get his backstory. Mm-hmm. As for everyone else, maybe eventually. But yeah. right now, I think they're doing a very good job of introducing them to us this way mm-hmm. and having them be complete like complete characters even though you don't know who they are until they get into westworld you exactly
1: yeah i'm not sure i want to know so that's that's my question like but you can definitely tell the difference
0: between white hat guy and black hat guy
1: totally yes well because of their hats (laughs)
0: yes
1: (laughs) okay what do you want to talk about other than that what do you let's transition into uh fall fiesta for 15 minutes
0: okay real quick um I want to talk first about the show that you recommended I watch, which I am really enjoying, which is The Exorcist.
1: Mm. I am, I am also... not
0: familiar with the original movie, uh, or was you... not until I saw yeah. it the other day at Movies of
1: Bill. But uh, the the TV show is excellent. It feels like a movie. It's it, very beautiful. It does. It's gorgeous. It's really good. Um, I'm weirded out by Gina Davis looking really weird. Because I, I I grew up with her and she looks the same age but weird and pulled taut. You know she's but... an Olympic level archer. I did know that. <laughs> I did. She looks like an archer. That's she's... my Gina Davis fact. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Facts with Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes, so. I, yeah, I'm really loving it. I'm loving... I love the effects on the show. They're just mm-hmm. super, super creepy. What was the... The first week we had the bird thing, the rat thing, and just the way that uh, Casey walked across the attic. Last yes. week, what was the weird thing last week? There was another...
0: Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, there was another... But they're sp- doing a good job with making it look real and also creeping you out. Mm-hmm. And I like that... At least as far as the main characters are concerned, they didn't try to have them be stupid. Like, I thought for sure what would happen would be that we would spend most of the season with this family denying what's happening. But, nope, it is very clear to everyone involved that there is a demon.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That whole like thing where it's like, oh no, she, she's, well, but the, and then it's funny that the church is like, she needs to see a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Oh yeah.
0: The church is skeptical, but the uh priests involved are like, oh yeah, this is what's happening.
1: Uh And so, yeah, you texted me like, what, what would you say? You said, why is no one like going for this? Why are they being so obtuse about it? And I'm like, I think it's because the Pope is coming and they just want to keep everything super fucking chill.
0: Well, yeah, because at one point, the priests are presented with video evidence of what's going on. And, yeah, the Pope is about to visit town, and so I think they're trying to make everything all happy and hunky-dory while the Pope is in town, which, spoiler alert, is not going to be what happens.
1: (laughs) And then my theory... Because besides
0: this demon that this family is dealing with, there's a whole, like, cadre of demons out there murdering people, and uh, there's going to be some real shit going down.
1: Mm-hmm. Which, as I said in our unrecorded podcast, was that um, the original demon says to him after he kills the rat, and she's like, "Well, didn't isn't? Haven't I heard that if there's one, there's often a whole bunch of them?" And looks mm-hmm. at him all fucking creepy like, and it's like, "Ooh, stop, stop that, ew." She's very scary. That actress
0: I, is doing a, that. Actress is doing a good job of being creepy, mm-hmm. but they're not relying entirely on her. Mm-hmm. Like in the last episode we, the audience, get to see the demon the way that she sees the demon, which yeah. is like this old man, this creepy old man. And so there are scenes where we can see him influencing her, like mm-hmm. he leans on her shoulder and whispers things to her and he does things. So it's they're not relying entirely on this young actress to just play possessed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was confused by that at first until until you brought it up. I'm like, oh, That's what that is.
0: (laughs) I was confused a little bit at first, too. But then they make it clear that no one else can see him. Mm -hmm. Um, And, well, the first scene where he's, like, in a shop and he's encouraging her to shoplift this dress, um, I wasn't sure what was going on there. But then I realized pretty quickly that he was the demon.
1: But the first time was actually when she was sitting out on the stoop and he came and was talking to her. And Gina Davis looked out the window and she leaned her head on his shoulder in I the, forgot about that. In the first episode. And that's when I was like, Who, what What the fuck was that? And then the next episode... I didn't
0: catch that in the first episode. I caught it in the second episode yeah. when he was around.
1: Yeah. yeah. And the dress was $3,600. That dress was made of like uh, like two inches of fabric.
0: I like the way they they... Like I said, I like the way they show him to the audience. But one thing I did not like was at the end of episode mm. two when she needs to be powerful to take down somebody... He makes out with her. And he's yeah. like this like creepy old man and he's making out with this like teenage girl so that she can beat up somebody. I don't know.
1: But she she beat the shit out of that guy.
0: Well she did, yeah. She yep. better get enough power to beat somebody up if she's making out with that dude.
1: And I think it's a really interesting story thing. I've never seen this before, that her dad has a brain injury. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a weird plot thing that he is totally normal sometimes just has totally I thought in
0: the first episode that he had dementia or something but no he actually has a physical cause to his problem
1: yeah and he like sometimes he'll be just completely totally normal and talking to her and then on the train thing he just passes out I wonder if and who is her dad Cameron
0: yeah Cameron (laughs) from Ferris Mueller is still slightly neurotic but also has brain injuries and a possessed daughter so
1: and he's also in speed he's also in speed
0: you know, there's the theory online. Those that, are the three uh, things he's ever done. <laughs> that Cameron invented Ferris because he needed a personality that would be more outgoing. Oh. So maybe he had possessions or mental problems even back then.
1: I wonder. I So I also wonder whether the demon has any any influence over her dad um, and his comings and goings.
0: I don't know. Something don't is know. dealing with her dad because he was able to see visions and talk to the priest. So. Mm-hmm. Something's going on with him too. Ooh,
1: maybe some good good things are trying to help the dad, but then yeah. the, that then that wouldn't have made him go to sleep on the train when that guy tried to molest his daughter. I wonder um, if he just went to sleep. I think he had some kind of he pain. has a
0: brain damage. Sometimes he might yeah. just
1: go to sleep. I liked um, the opening scene of, of the second episode, the car car crash thing. Mm-hmm. That that was really intense. I got goosebumps at the end. That was just <laughs> horrific. That you know, you sitting next to your your best friend girl you're about to probably become lovers with dead in the car mm-hmm. next to you. Just the most horrifying thing and they keep referring to her as her friend and it seems like no one understands the depth of their relationship.
0: Yeah I don't think that she was out maybe even to herself yeah. uh, much less to her family mm-hmm. and I am, I imagine that you have to be in a certain place mentally to get possessed and part of that might be if she has a lot of doubt or a lot of
1: self-hatred
0: mm-hmm. or and then her friend dies her lover dies and then you um, Right in front of her and she survives. So all these things are affecting her and making her more susceptible, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. And the scene when when they were watching the dance performance and she burst into tears, I was – I just – I very much felt that. I feel that every time I see like live performance of, of music because I used to be a musician and then shit just went wrong and I didn't end up following this giant dream that I pursued for 12 fucking years and just wow. died. So. I get that a lot. I go see things, and I'll just burst into tears. It's hard for me sometimes, and I can imagine that being so raw. Like, I was a dancer five weeks or five months ago, and my knee is fucked up, and my girlfriend died, and that would be just horrible. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, did you you have anything else on The
1: Exorcist? I'm good for now. We can continue more on this We're doing
0: this rapid fire, guys, listeners, because I have somewhere to be in just a few minutes, but – Next week when we record this we'll spend more time on stuff We will, yes I did want to real quick uh, check in with what was our flagship show last year <laughs> Which is uh, Scream Queens
1: And I didn't watch last night's episode yet so
0: Okay, I won't touch on last night's episode But I've enjoyed the season so far mm-hmm. They've moved the the main characters that have survived from college to a teaching hospital and uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> The teaching hospital of the most inept it. weirdos <laughs> Well, yeah like, hey, do you guys want to go to medical school? Sure. It is <laughs>
0: kind of weird how everybody transitioned to be doctors, mm-hmm. uh, but okay, sure, great, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking the new additions too. We've got—I'm calling them uh, Doctor Uncle Jesse and Doctor Werewolf.
1: And jo- Doctor Uncle Jesse has a murderer's hand. From a hand Mm -hmm. transplant. I I honestly don't believe that you can still be a a surgeon with a transplanted hand, but. This show. And I I said it before, but this show last year was almost possible. Like, it was the sort
0: of thing that, okay, (laughs) this is ridiculous, but, okay, within the bounds of physics could happen. And this year they are going all out on, no, he has a possessed hand, and there's Dean Munch is an accidental cannibal, and there's. more (laughs) weird shit happening this year. That's right, because she has uh, Quartzfeld-Jakob
1: disease, essentially. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: And uh, do you have a theory as of two episodes in? Do you have a theory on who? Oh, and this year, instead of the red devil, we have the green meanie, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) We could just have a color-coordinated villain every year. Next year, we've got the
1: purple people eater.
0: <laughs> only oh, if it only has one eye and one the, horn. The
1: um, what are those blue guys? The in um, blue yellow. meanies. Yes, the, but we already have green meanie. Damn Please, it, you blew know, it. Yeah. Scream queens. Shit. <laughs> now you've gone a ruined blue.
0: Oh, speaking of blue, there's uh, pictures from next week's episode. Next week is the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. and uh, Chanel dresses as a Smurf. <laughs> I right. won't tell you the other characters who they dress as, but that's just a great picture of Chanel in blue makeup.
1: I want you to tell me what um what you were going to tell me last night about the uh, werewolf guy.
0: Well, it's a big plot point. Do you want to know?
1: I do. I'm going to watch this. Okay, it we speculated
0: anyway. about uh about him. I call him werewolf guy just because he was in the Twilight movies, he played a werewolf. But uh, in this, he uh Taylor Longer, the only yes. thing we've known so yeah, the only thing we've known so far is that he's strangely cold. Mm-hmm. Uh well, when I was talking about how this season they're allowing more weird stuff to happen, yeah, he just comes out and says he was dead. He oh. died, and he came back to life, and he doesn't know why. And he became a doctor so that he could figure out why he is uh, alive, or quote oh. unquote alive. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and he is hitting it off with Chanel number three.
1: All right, it's true, and uh, and uh, Doctor Uncle Jesse. <laughs> uh,
0: well, yeah. he is. is, uh, is are oh, he and Chanel still wanted... a thing this week? Well, uh, it's still him and Chad Radwell fighting over her, but she seems now that she's not interested in either one. But he's – this week they figure out that his hand was from a serial killer, and Dean Munch wants him to get a new hand. She wants him to have surgery and put a new hand on. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: Um, One last thing. I like the
0: case of the week stuff too. Sorry, on the show. This year, every week, there's a new weird – disease that someone has that they have to try to cure yeah
1: werewolf girl wart boy what was what was this week
0: this week was a woman who could not stop having uh spontaneous orgasms
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i think you mean hysterical paroxysms sure i don't know That was from season one of american horror story
0: oh okay <laughs> well um yeah i like that and have to cure the people every week and of course having um i almost said victims Having mm-hmm. patience every week means that there's no <laughs> people for the green meanie to kill.
1: <laughs> Victims slash patience. <laughs> um, but what, I,
0: I am digging it. Everybody is really great this year. Uh, oh, and there's more Denise Hemphill. So that's it. And,
1: and you told me that she's not a trainee.
0: Well, she didn't refer to herself as Denise Hemphill trainee this time. She referred to herself as Special Agent Denise Hemphill.
1: Cool. One thing I wanted to do was Nick C.R. sent us an email for our first episode. Which, oh, okay. Which was about the good place. Which we will yes. approach. We will talk again. about the good place at some point. We will. We were gonna talk about it a lot and then we didn't, but I wanna can we read his email before you go? Three minutes? We can. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Okay. Alright, this is from Nick CR. This is on our first episode, which we recorded a couple weeks ago but didn't actually record. So reset. <laughs> so hi We us. talked last week. <laughs> oh, I want to read the, the reline is actually super happy, fun time fall fiesta email for most champion of hosts one October sixteenth. <laughs> We are most Aww. championing of hosts. Uh, Hi, Sadie you, and Shane. Hi. Hola. I heard that you two were going to talk about The Good Place, and so I thought I'd write in since I've seen the first four episodes, and I'm really liking it. I've also seen all of them. Shane, you? Oh, yes. Yes. Every week? The show has made me laugh out loud multiple times. I think it's been almost a decade since there's been a new comedy show that didn't come from the usual cookie-cutter formulaic mold, and that has some innovative ideas and humor in it. Uh <laughs>
0: Canadian spelling. I don't
1: When I read about the premise of this show As I watched the first episode I was strongly reminded of the movie Defending Your Life With Meryl Streep and Albert Brooks I definitely recommend seeing it If you haven't Have you seen it, Shane? No I have It's good And it's on my list To watch with Milo Okay Uh, Yeah There is so much funny stuff packed into this show. Some of the little jokes in the dialogue go by so fast or are so subtle they could almost be missed. There are lots of hilarious things in the background, too, which make it worthwhile to watch a second time just to keep your eye out. Also make sure you pause to read signs and things. During Michael's orientation video, the examples of stuff that earns you good and bad points in life had me laughing multiple times. That was great. Yeah, like You get
0: a certain number of points for being vegan, but you get way more points for not talking about being vegan. (laughs)
1: awesome and I can't even remember the ones I noticed but I remember like going, oh my god that's so funny Yes. There is so much funny stuff. Oh, sorry. There we go. I really hope this show survives and that network network executives don't put their hands on it and put their dumb, grubby fingerprints <laughs> all over it. They need to give the creative minds working on this free reign and not try to insert things in their minds that will appeal to a certain demographic or other. There was obviously a bit of that, but the creative stuff has so far been able to overpower it. And I just want to pause and be like, Ted Danson, Kirsten Bell. The happy, happy, yeah. happy, happy. Plus, happy. it's brought to
0: you by the guy who did um – Parks and Rec yeah. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So I have faith in it.
1: There you go. My favorite thing was that um, suspenders thing where he was like, I want to wear <laughs> suspenders. And she's like, you're not going to do so that thing with your thumbs, are you? And she's like, you could do that? Yeah. <laughs> he was so excited. Ted to Danson play. is great. He is really great. Um, Apparently, some folks were pretty upset with Michael kicking the not-real dog into the sun and thought it was a sick attempt at humor. This is obviously not a comedy for people who don't think. It was a comical illustration of how Michael, for all his knowledge, doesn't quite get humans. Oh, and I have a theory. That Eleanor and Yu slash Jason are really each other's proper soulmates. Not just because they are two misfits in the good place, but did you see them exchange a look during orientation when soulmates was mentioned? Then again, maybe not. Eleanor doesn't look, at look Nick like she paying
0: attention to things.
1: I know. <laughs> then again, maybe not. Eleanor doesn't look like she would tolerate his broness very long. I don't think that means the same thing for Tahani and Chidi, and it makes me wonder um, if we will eventually see the woman that was supposed to be in Eleanor's place. The acting is really good too. Manny Jacinto does a great. Great transition from John Yu into Jason. I'm loving Kristen Bell's facial expressions, and Ted Danson is always good. Okay, I'll let you get back to your fiesta. Janet, please bring me a f- Froyo. I've never tried one. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> Nick CR. How can you never Nick? have
0: tried Froyo? Um, Thanks, I do Nick. need to go. I, I will say quickly that I want to talk about this show and some other shows next week, and John Yu slash Jason is my favorite character.
1: All right, excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm su- super excited. We busted this thing out in like, boom, under an hour, and. Like, there's no editing to be done except my break. So I will have this out tonight. All right. Bye. All right. Have a good time. Bye.